0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Mentality Unchained. I'm your host, Kevin Thomas. And Jalil. It's good to be back in the house, talk about uh, mental health and the community. Um, This is a special week. Uh, Actually, it's a special month. This is mental health month. And it's the time that we acknowledge, you know, mental health. I think just like black history, we shouldn't have just one month for mental health and to acknowledge mental health. Same way with black history, I think we should be honoring black history every month, every day, so it's the same thing with mental health. But I would just like to give a shout out to all the clinicians, uh, everyone that work in mental health to make it what it is. You know, I know our work work and jobs are pretty stressful. But, you know, it's only made for the ones that love people and love helping people. So I just want to give them a a shout out. Also, this is um, Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day weekend. It is special. Uh, So if you have a mother still living, a grandmother that's still living, make sure that you recognize them and give them their props. And that, you know, uh, that's why I wanted to do this episode, uh, Mother's Day, with our guest today, not only is she a mother, but she also uh, dons the cloth of mental health and nursing. So we will introduce her as we get started with our uh, with our episode today. So again, thank you guys for joining us. Um, so Cora, we're gonna let Cora Threadgill introduce herself and we'll get right on into uh, the topics and, uh, Jalil and I are far away and and hopefully we have a good episode so Cora.
1: Hi I'm Cora Threadgill. Um, I've been a nurse for about 30 38 years um, and I've been in mental health probably for the last 15 so this is near and dear um, to me in health disparities among African-Americans so working with Kevin in the past as a uh, build a professional relationship that we bounce a lot of ideas off of each other and we're just trying to make our surrounding areas better one step at a time.
0: Oh thank you Cora for uh, your introduction. I will say this because I I think I need to put a disclaimer out Jaleel because the last couple episodes I didn't say it and and I you know people kind of take the show um, (laughs) for therapy and I just want to let everyone know that this show is not taking the place of therapy i would recommend that you go out and you find your own therapist although i am a licensed therapist this is not a personal and confidential session so i i say that you go out and, and uh, search for your own therapist wait and- are
2: people
0: are people trying to get a session
2: in people are like listening and <laughs> taking
0: this as a therapy <laughs> yeah absolutely you know people is like hey i don't even need to go to therapy i just need to just kind of listen to the show but no, this no, ain't it it's ain't this ain't it so i want to make sure that i let everybody know that this is uh for us a platform for us to educate and then also cause attention to mental health and especially in the black community so that's the disclaimer so don't be calling me saying hey or calling the the uh therapist authority and say hey he said do this and do that so but uh but no let's get into um let's get into what we're here to do we're here to talk about uh, mental health and talking about it from a mother's perspective also a uh clinical uh professional uh core you you are a licensed nurse right
1: correct i'm a registered nurse
0: So you're a registered nurse, and I met Cora, just a little background, I met Cora working in a residential facility where we housed uh, 68 girls, and we did therapy, we did in-house physicals, we did uh, uh, psychiatric work, we did all those things, and from day one, when Cora and I kind of met, we've been locked at the hip, so she's really been very important and instrumental in my life. And so I wanted to really uh, talk to her from a mother's standpoint and when it comes to mental health. So, uh, and at any time, Jay, you know, you can jump in because I know you probably got some questions as well. But one of the, th- one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Cora, is like, as a nurse, how did you get into mental health?
1: You know, I, I guess I growing up, um, everybody was sick around me. Mm-hmm. And so we had to learn like what the sickness was was it was it you know you would hear the phrase are uh, oh, they just crazy like well what's crazy you know so I had to <laughs> look at what crazy was because I think that's why I use the philosophy now everybody is crazy they just not diagnosed Gotcha. Um, so I always had to help so that that was the trigger and it's like where can I make a difference at and so that's what I'm striving to do every day, even my age, I'm still trying to say Can I make a difference in this mental health arena because it is such a disparity out there right, right now for African-Americans or, and uh, other people
0: of color. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, what? I mean, have you, I know we've talked on, we've talked on several occasions about uh, disparities in- and in the black community. And we talked about even as a black woman, some of the things that you had to face um when it comes to um addressing the mental health aspect. See, we we be we B E T live, right? We we do it how we wanna do it, right?
1: I, you know nobody calls the house phone
0: until now until now right? that's
2: what? how i always
0: work out. i'm sorry like nobody ever calls the house phone until now it's like what what that's how we know this is real see this is how we this is how we do right so i'm gonna hope that they don't call no more Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) But yeah, speaking of the disparities, I know as a, as a black woman, you know, some of the disparities you've seen in the past, and I know you spoke on, on a a couple occasions about, you know, you being a pregnant mother and how you had to deal with disparities, you know, when it comes to hospitals and, and, and being a person of color and professional, a nurse. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? Being, um, a teenage mom,
1: um, one of the things that I had to go through was uh, they had different standards. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was, it was like you had to do things, it was fat, black, and ignorant.
0: Wow.
1: Um, so it, it wasn't that I was ignorant by any means, even at a teenage level, but I was, overweight. white. I was black. And to see how they would treat me. Was oh well you know she she's just black she's gonna continue to have babies that's not that that wasn't it mm-hmm. but, but see oh well you know she see the white counterparts that were same age as I was young got a little different they didn't have that negative connotation like oh she's gonna she's gonna do the oh she can make something out of herself mm-hmm. and and it's like well what's the difference mm-hmm. what is the difference I'm I wasn't trying to do A, B, and C, become a mother of 10 by 20. Right. I wasn't trying to do that. I'm sure that this other lady that was occasion was not trying to do this, that either, but it was just this, this stigma. Oh, they go to the health department for their care. They didn't ha- We didn't have Blue Cross Blue Shield.
0: Right, right.
1: You, you know, so it was those things that I had to learn to, um, make a difference in and I think that's really it Evan and then as I got older and became that nurse mm-hmm. I worked with some of those people that made the comments to me as I was a teenager wow. um and it's like well uh, you know they're they're this they're that and it's like you no know, you can get up out of my room and you don't ever have to come back
0: right right and
1: I will report what you said but because then I was the equal mm-hmm um, so it's like, it's a double standard, but I was strong enough to like go through it and say, you know what? You don't determine who I am.
0: Right. Right.
1: Or, or what I do in my life because you don't have that power over me. And, and it, it really, it really, you know, once you brought it back up to him, like, Hey, you know what, when I came in here uh, nine years ago and had a child, this is what you said to me. Wow. You know, this is you know, so that that's. I think that's probably why um, way I am uh, aggressive in a sense, but assertive. Um, just because it's like I can't tell you how I really feel. Right. Then it's it's a wash. It's a waste of my time and yours.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you uh-huh. had
2: so. so you had a yes. uh, a baby where you were a teenager. Yes. And then, what age did you become a nurse?
1: I became, let's see, now you, now you want to make me think. Um, I just want to commend you. Like, uh, go ahead, ahead Miss Corey. <laughs> I was about 20, about 21, I became an LPN. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to school, um, became an RN, and I was probably about 23.
2: So for and people that don't know, what's an
1: LPN? A licensed practical nurse, and then I Um, then I got my RN and, um, then I got my master's degree when I was 51. Wow. Wow. So I I think education is really important, especially it's nice to see somebody that looks like you.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Your care.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, um, that's just me and I'm always pro education and um i try to do the best that i can Mm -hmm. and i have to look and see where is this road leading me to
0: gotcha wow i i i wonder what what kind of advice would you give some young uh mother that not may not be necessary dealing with the things that you dealt with but May just kind of want to give up or don't have that support. I don't. I mean, I, you didn't speak about support, but I'm pretty sure you had to have some support to push your way through that. And even if you didn't, that's more commendable that you push your way through without the support. So, uh, what kind of advice would you kind of give young mothers that that are uh, probably in some of the same situation you were in? So, no,
1: Um. Let me just hit the support right quick. My my grandmother. Um, Once I got pregnant, um, she laid the law down and said, "You know, just because you got pregnant doesn't mean that your goals stop." And so she taught me a lot of things. Hey, I have to had somebody else that was more important than I was, my child. And she said, "You're still going to go to school. Dropping out of school was not an option. You're going to get a job." And you're going to pay a babysitter. I was like, wow, okay. Didn't know any different. That. So I went to school full time. I went to work full time. And I started being a adult at an early age. Okay? Because that was the rules that she laid down.
0: Wow.
1: And I I thank, I thank her every day for doing that. Now, she would also be like, well, I'll keep the baby buy this you know for me or pay this bill or, or whatever work and mm-hmm. she she also through all of the changes that of nursing school that I went to she was my graduations she she didn't get she died the semester before I graduated with my RN um that was the only one she she really missed physically right she was always like you need to go and do this. You need to go and do that. You know what? She was the one that was popping pills that made me go into nursing, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I would say to the young ladies, it's not about the material things that you can go and buy with your money. Mm-hmm. It's about the material things. That's going to help you keep the money. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it, it's gotta be, you gotta have a, a thought of, I want to succeed. Yeah. And you don't let anybody determine success success or failure, Pat, because that's all on you.
0: Yeah. OK. OK. Wow. I know uh, I was raised by my grandmother, too, and she was a strong, strong uh, woman. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a granddad that didn't allow me to overstep my boundaries with her. And so uh, that solidified you know, grandma's position in the home and you know, I, can, I would dare do something that I shouldn't be doing. Um, but even speaking in terms of, of that, and, and let's get more into uh, the social piece, is that you, know, you, have a grown, you have an adult son and speak to uh, what's your thoughts on raising a young, young black man in society today? Uh, kind of speak to that
1: you know I I do have an adult son and and two grandsons
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: are little I have an awesome husband gotcha so we my kids grew up in a two parent home so that you know looking at um, being African American sometimes that's a rarity and know so I pray for my son pray for my husband pray for my friends I you know because of being black do I worry about him yes he's grown but he's still a baby to me Mm -hmm. and with his job he drives all over sometimes he's in the backwoods um living in, in in the dirty south area um He's called me and said, you know what I just saw? I saw the Confederate flag. You know, I saw this cross in this yard or just wondering, somebody just tried to run me off the road. Somebody, you know, it's like, where are you? I try to talk to him every day and tell him, this is what a parent does, no matter how old you're still a child to your, your parent. And so we, you know, when he's traveling at night, in the middle of the night, we leave our phones on, right. cell phones. We, well, the house phone is always on, but no, like I said, nobody uses that. But yeah. we leave our cell phones on because we don't know. We worry. We've got these two young biracial grandsons. Oh. And we're okay. trying to teach them both cultures. Wow. 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 How do you accept you're Black no matter what your mom is? It's the dad. It's going to determine your race. You're Black. You're going to have people tell you, you know, they're going to call you that N-word. They're going to call you something else that you don't, don't know what it is. But if you look it up, you can find it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't just stop with my son. It stops when I stop breathing, I guess, because I'm going to worry. I'm gonna worry. I'm gonna worry about my nephews. I got young nephews. I'm sure they're probably around your age, Delio, Um, I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. I worry about them because it, it's so much strange stuff going on. And I may not have birthed you, but man, I can pray for you. I can. I can still worry that man. We losing our black men for what reason? What reason are we losing them for? And I, you know, and that's why I just say, I, I try to talk to my grandsons and let them know, hey, everybody's not your friend. Everybody's not out to hurt you, but you always have to watch your back. Always have to watch your back. I Shouldn't worry about, um, like my husband just went back to work. I Shouldn't worry about thing hey, I hear a siren is at him. Hmm. Wow. should be able to say, you know, he's coming back home yeah. safely. My son is coming, going back home to his kids. He's a single parent. He's going to go back home to his kids safely. I shouldn't have to worry about that. But you know what? I do. I do. And, you know, I just see it every day where seeing these young Black men on the news, they, they, they're dying, they're getting put in jail for... Having a gun or, or or whatever, they're robbing something. It's like, what is going on? We have no resources, and that's the biggest thing that I can see raising black young men um, and raising two black younger men. What is the resources? What is it you can do for yourself? You know, I, you know, you reach for the stars, but you know, God has got to keep that protection around you because mm-hmm. people are doing. I won't say stupid, yeah, Well, stupid things now, um, just because of what color I am. I didn't ask to be born black, you know? I didn't have anything to do with that. Right. But now that I'm here, you're gonna hear my mouth That's that true. this is what we're gonna do. This is what we need to do.
2: Wow. Do you see things getting better since you've been around for a while? So it seemed like every uh, like couple of decades, it seemed like it's always something different. So like right now we, you know, police, uh, police brutality is super high and we constantly see it in the news and the media. So mm-hmm. do you see it getting better or have you lost all hope?
1: You know what, I won't say that I lost all hope because that's not, that's just not me. Um, what I can say is it's the same stuff, different day, just presented differently um you, you, you know if you just think about the politics um their previous president he he would say that they were all good people okay good people i'm i'm not going to get political but um it's just a different form of racism just done different 2021 style um or 2020 style whatever but, it it really hasn't changed. In fact, I would say it's just coming out more now because everybody's had more of a freedom to say, "Oh, I don't like you because you're black," or "You you know you you took my cell phone, but wasn't yours to take." You know, um, I'm gonna accuse you. You got you got as they say the Cairns, the Keys, the whoever. It hasn't changed, just in a different form. It's just like slavery, still just in a different form.
0: Wow. That's deep that you, you say it that way because I think a lot of us as we get older, if we, we don't tend to see a change, but there is a change going on, it, it may not be one that is so obvious and seen all the time, mm-hmm. but there are other changes that may be happening behind the scenes that uh, that's the systemic racism that, we, that they talk about mm-hmm. is that the system is, is still broken. Yes. And although we don't see it right away, uh, it's still happening. And, it, and to some of us, though, it does look like things are getting better, but it may not quite be getting better. And then for uh, Jaleel's generation, this is pretty much all they know and what they are hearing of our experiences, the older people, the seasoned uh, 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 people, what they went through. And they can definitely read about it and they can talk about it and they can be uh, coached about it. But at the end of the day, is it's still happening, but just in a different form, just what you were saying. Yeah. And and I can appreciate that. Um, yeah. that you still see it that way. Uh yeah. even even talk uh I know you are into the social justice piece. I I know yeah. because I know you. Yes, you know me. Talk talk to us about the fairness, the the education, the lack thereof in our communities. Like, I know you touched on it a little bit, but why does it continue to be uh, this this inequality issue that we're having in our communities? What, what is? I mean, people are our greatest resources. So, are they also our resources to get us out of these things? Or what do you what do you think about that? You
1: know, and I guess I'm gonna put a spin on it, Kevin. Um, like it or not, I'm gonna put a spin on it. Okay. Um, being African American, um, being in healthcare, it's always been at least here in this area, it's always been um, Susie and Becky mm-hmm. it hasn't been a Cora. Gotcha. Cora was doing. Housekeeping, Cora was doing the cooking. They didn't. I'm thanking God that He didn't put me in that generation because I don't do either. (laughs) Um, But, but you know, when Cora came up and just think of this: when I became a nurse, one of the things that I learned right away was when the doctor would walk up on the unit. If the nurse was sitting down, he was supposed to get up, and let him sit down. Wow. And so I, I had to thank God again for making me be a nurse at the time that I did become a nurse, because I probably wouldn't have made it long in this profession. And so one of the things that I did was I asked, well, why do I have to get up? I'm writing, I'm charting, mm-hmm. just came up to the desk, you know? Um, or it's like, well, you didn't acknowledge me. Well, you didn't acknowledge me. I'm the same person, a person just like you. Mm -hmm. So if you need me, I, you know, I'm not a dog. You don't whistle. You say, Hey, Laura, and you help me. But that, and so finally I actually talked to a doctor and I said, I don't understand why I need to get up for you to sit down if I'm working and you're not, you just want to chit chat like well that's how it's been Hmm. that doesn't mean that's how it's going to stay right but we had to you know that i had to change in me and and sometimes you know i i remember uh one of my patients actually hit me in the throat one time and because i was black like well i was black before you had surgery so and it wasn't a confusion Was just that he's like i'm I'm gonna hit you and i was like trying to move and move fast enough but you didn't want a black nurse but i was your black nurse before you went to surgery wow so now the other part of this racial stuff Mm -hmm. is i have been so discriminated against even by my own black people i don't want a black nurse what the deuces? You don't, you know, you don't want a mm-hmm. black nurse. Well, what kind of nurse you want? Right, um, well, right. Uh, then it's like, it's no problem. There was always another nurse there that was not of color. Um, and they would be like, well, you're going to tell my business. It's, for me, it's like, I, I know your business as long as I'm ta- uh, taking care of you, because once I punch out, check out, mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about you no more. Yeah. you know but that's the thing of where when you're discriminated against by your own it hurts more because always as nurses of color we always had to prove ourselves and it's like well what kind of nurse are you I, I had a doctor call one time to I was working in intensive care one time and him and I answered the phone and he's like, well, I want a real nurse. Really? I was like, a real nurse? Well, I signed R.M., I'm a real nurse. You mm-hmm. know, and my boss had to talk to him and tell him, you don't ever do that. You don't disrespect her at all or any nurse because they say who they are, you know their title, that's what you need to know. It's not that you're going to tell somebody you need a real nurse. Mm-hmm. What kind of mess is that? I actually had a doctor say, "Oh, they hiring people like you now." Wow. I was like, "I don't know what people like you is, but you can have a seat." Wow. You know, so it's different things, but I've been in healthcare so long until you know it's like, yeah, people like me. I had people tell me I was a quota, and and it's like, what's a quota to you? Um, you know, like I'm not a quota. I went to school for this. I got I got a degree. Yeah. You no, know? I took that same test as anybody else did. Yeah. So, so I mean, so those things I've had happen. You no. Know, but I think the roughest part is, is being African American and not having African American support of when they see you. Um, it's like, oh, you a nurse, what kind of nurse are you? Or And I had someone said, well, you're not smart enough. But all right. I got a master's degree. I think I'm pretty smart. Yeah. You know, not and education doesn't define me, but it's like, well, if you're going to talk about how smart I am or or what I do for a living, um then like I bring a lot to that table. for you to sit at the table with me, you better bring your A game. Yeah. Yeah. You no. Know? So that, you know, so Julio, this is how Kevin and I usually talk.
2: no i I like i like this type of talk it's just it's sad because i mean you're talking about just your experience in the medical field but i mean it's just like that with black people in general you know Mm -hmm. where business you might not want to shop with somebody or go to a certain store because it's black owned so you think they're gonna act a certain way or Mm -hmm. you know you might you try to might try to get a discount or something because they black but you want to go do that at the white store so It's just like, it's just, it's sad to hear that you had to deal with that in the medical field.
0: I think, I think too, though, Cora. you know, again, you, you should be commended because most black women, even with dealing with the things that you've dealt with, they wouldn't have approached it the way you approached it. And it it speaks to your strength. It speaks to your competency. You know, where you stand and you know, your credentials. I mean, because Mm -hmm. I, I, I can probably count on my hand, on both hands, actually, of, of women that would probably curl up and, 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 and bow down, even even though they know that they are the per- other person is wrong. But they just don't have that assertiveness. They don't have that, that confidence to stand up for themselves. So I think you, you speak for a select few women that will stand up to do that. And I think that if we can have people like you to really influence other young women to do that. Just the same thing that Jaleel and I are trying to empower mm-hmm. young Black men to do is stand up and speak up for themselves. That was one of the things that drew me to Jaleel when I first met him is that he wasn't a, the type of young man to kind of stand down and curl up and and not feel like he was, you know, on the same... It was like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young Black man. I got yes. opinions. I got thoughts. And, you know, and so it's important that we see that and that value in our young people and really be that resource that what I was talking about and helping them through those processes and for you to do that man if we can have people like more women black women like you to stand up and help our young black ladies we do have a fighting chance uh, so,
1: and they have to want to do it you know um i got one more example and then i'll be quiet um as I was a teenage mom, I never had went to court in my life. So I had to go to court for um, uh, child support, I believe that's what it was. So um, so I remember the judge saying to me, so um, what is it you want from this court? I said, well, you brought me here. Y'all had me come. I said, what is it you want from this man? Is my husband now, but what is it you want from him? You put him in jail. I'm not gonna get no child support. He's not gonna be a part of his, his child's life. So what is it you will gain by doing this? And he said, well, do you want this or not? I said, not really, thank you, sir. I'll be all right. And that's as a teenager. And you know what? I've been all right. I've been all right. It's like, if you're going to put this boyfriend of mine at that time in jail, how is he going to help with his child? Right. He in jail. Right. With an orange suit on. He can't do nothing. He can't help pro- provide for his, his child because he locked up. It didn't make any sense to me. Gotcha. So you know, that's just another example. It's like, well, why would you want to lock him up? When he came help me, I see that now. Even today, um, I see these young, young African American women pushing baby strollers. I see the Caucasian young ladies up early working in these restaurants. I don't see that here, and I don't know where they at. Where, where are you working at? Why is it you're not working? Mm-hmm. You know don't limit yourself because of your race and thinking that you're a baby making machine because it's not what you no know, god said be fruitful and multiply but it's not what he meant mm-hmm. you know so i just see it in in jaleel you know keep keep being strong um because you know we're, we're losing our young black men wow
0: no reason yeah. no reason at all yeah so. Okay, now I'll let you let's, let's talk. take over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, you're, 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 you're good. I and let's kind of segue that into um, what your passion is. And I know, I know, but I need everyone else to hear and know uh, that your passion is for opioid addiction. Tell us why that's an interest to you and why you gravitate to opioid addiction. Well,
1: you know, I. I started at the beginning and I said, I always took care of people. My grandmother, um, my grandfather, my mom, their friends. When I didn't know what they were doing, it was like, oh, y'all always sick. But then as I got older and I got into the nursing aspect of it, it's like, I remember those pills no, the names. Like, mm. I remember the name. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, uh, as my husband would tell me, my grandmother would say, forget my value. And it's like, well, what the deuces, what is this? You know, what is it gonna do for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm seeing this opioid addiction, you know, when it's so unequal. Mm-hmm. So when we had crack, mm-hmm. everybody went to jail. Okay. Mostly everybody that went to jail was of color. Right. Now we got this opioid addiction. Mm -hmm. Now we need help.
0: Wow.
1: It's like, but we needed help back then when we was buying the crack. But you put us in jail. Mm -hmm. Some people are still in jail. Yeah. But because of now meth and heroin and all of that stuff out there, that's a white man's drug. Statistically, it's a white man's drug. You know, we get Narcan in the house, uh, you know, so if they overdose, you can give them a shot and call it a day, bring them back, and then you're going to get them help. But why couldn't we get help back then? The help that you you intentionally did, you set up the crack houses on the corners in, in African-American neighborhoods. You had the taverns on every corner in African-American neighborhoods. But now we got to get them help. It's like, no, the disparity is still there. Why are we getting help? Why is it such a big thing now that we got to have help? So with my family, with my people that I love, they we were on those pills. I didn't know it at that time. But as I got older and more involved into healthcare, because mm-hmm. mental health encompasses a lot of things. Yeah. Not just that you um, are crazy in singers that's no longer. Right. But mental health is every day that you look I been a nurse in behavior health and being a nurse in managed care. I'm going over people's medications with them every day. I'm like, well, how often are you taking that? Or I get a phone call. Well, Cora, I can't get this pill. Well, you're drug seeking. You're not gonna get it. Gotcha. Um you know, so it's those things. it's like it's just what's been around me mm-hmm. and I'm like I said, I'm just trying to make a difference one step at a time, and that's what I can do. If I don't make a difference to anybody but one person, my success
0: Wow, Wow, that's awesome. So, um, with that, I also um uh, know that that leads to something that you aspire to do. And it's called Just 90. Speak to us about Just 90.
1: So Just 90 is a business that I'm doing, and it is going to be a training, uh, a training center where we can just talk about like, things like, like this. You know, we can have some seminars. We can talk about mental health. We can talk about um, what happens. What happens? Like, uh, is there something we need that we're not getting in our community? Um, we can talk about just different things I, you know, um, like told Kevin, I was becoming a CPR instructor and I'm excited about that mm-hmm. because you know what? It's one more certification under my belt. Nobody may be excited, but I am, right. um, I, you know, it's certain things I want to be, I want to be like, and I said this the other night, like Taraji Henson, um, her dad, I believe, was has mental illness or had mental illness. I want people to come and pay to see me just like them because I know I know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I don't need, I, I may not look like her and I ain't trying to, but I know I know my stuff. Yeah. And wow. what I don't know, I know how to network. Evan and I have networked together forever. Yeah. We and, know. you know, I don't have to do it all. Bill Gates didn't do everything with Microsoft. He had people helping him out. Yeah. So I should be able to do that too. And ninety, that number means compassion, humanitarianism, um, and justice. Gotcha. Make sure everything is equal and right. That's what I want to do: is make sure that everything is equal and right, no matter how we do it. In a sense of as long as it's legal, of it course. is. Of yeah, course. but is equal it's right that's what i want to do um so that's how just 90 came and uh i know it's a different name but god gave it to me and that's what i'm running
0: with (laughs) all right i hear that so so just 90 is more or less a training facility it's it's probably you can say a one-stop shop for any type of training when it comes to social justice mental health um uh what else community activism yes. stuff like that
1: yes and you know i would love to go into the corporation and i know um evan and i have spoken about this how we can go in and say you know what how did you how do you think you're responding to this incident that incident how do you think it's right you know but one of the other things that we talked about is that before we can do that, we have to understand our own racial prejudices.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, because I can't go into somewhere and say, well, no, I can give them examples all day long, but if I still have a racial prejudice or bias or something, I'm not going to be successful. So before I can teach someone else something, I have to be clean in my own thoughts.
0: Yeah. I like that. I think that's, that's one of the things that Uh, Jalil and I talked about last episode is that um, you have to start to explore who you are as a person Mm -hmm. Uh, because there are some things that you might not know about yourself and the worst thing for uh, the worst thing to happen is for it to manifest itself when you are the least expecting it or when you at a place where you don't feel comfortable of having that one thing come out and and you become embarrassed so You know, exploring ourselves, knowing our prejudice, what you're saying is that 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 really what keeps us true to who we are as a person. And if you can convey that to someone that is in your circle or in Mm -hmm. your training, then I think authentic, authentic people always win. Mm -hmm. No, no one wants a fake person. No one wants to be around people that pretend I want someone that is real. Yes. And, and, and that's one of the things that I, I tell my clients when I first meet them is that you're not going to get a therapist to say, hey, lay down on the couch and I'm going to ask you all these questions. You're not going to get a, a therapist that comes in with a suit and a tie. You may you, I might come in with a hoodie on. I may come in with some Timberland boots on whatever it is. I want to be able to relate to people on a relatable level. Wherever you are, that's where I want to relate to. And so I see that in just 90 is the fact that you're trying to meet people where they are and give yes. them those resources that they need. Because believe it or not, we don't have enough resources. We And we can't have enough mm-hmm. resources. We need as much. We need to overflow our resources in our communities. We have a lot of young kids now that are going to bed hungry. Yes. That, that don't have a decent bed to lay in. And I even remember as a kid, even growing up in my grandmother's house, until she got to a certain point, we didn't have, the, have nice things, you know? Mm-hmm. Beds may have been worn down a little bit, but she made sure that she washed sheets every week. She made sure we didn't sit on the bed. She took care of her stuff. And then when it got to the point where we can afford those things, she got those things. But it it has to start somewhere. And people like you, uh, Jaleel and myself are trying to bring awareness uh, to all these discrepancies in our community. Uh, So I I really, Cora, I I thank you for for really joining us today. And I thank you for uh, your contributions, your your, uh, dedication to nursing and to mental health. I truly appreciate you as a friend, as a colleague, Uh, as a professional and and I really truly thank you. Thank you for joining us on today is before we get out of here. First, I want to say, say again, Happy Mother's Day to you. But before we get out of here. Is there anything that you would like to leave with the people something that you may want to say to them or you just want to put out some information. I want to give you the time right now to kind of do so.
1: I would just say to all people smile and keep it moving um, you can't control everything you shouldn't try to You smile and keep it moving don't forget where your help comes from and
0: it's going to be a better day tomorrow wow thank you thank you Jalil you got anything to say before we get out of here man no I just want to
2: uh, thank Miss Cora for coming on and joining us incredible story I appreciate you thank you for joining us
0: Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Thank Anytime. You, thank you. And as I always say, uh, we have the ability to change our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Only thing we have to do is focus on what we can control. So please okay. remember that a control the control is in your hands. Don't give it to anyone. Don't allow anyone to take advantage of you. So thank right. you again for joining us on Mentality Unchained. Please subscribe to the Mentality Unchained podcast.